This morning we have the joy and privilege of receiving the word of the Lord today from uh, our Pastor Ben, who pastors our Radiate Student Ministries here for the last five years. Yeah. And uh, they've just returned from a weekend, kickoff weekend, and so uh, we've already received from the students themselves, uh, and now we want to open our hearts to receive from our pastor. So, Lord Jesus, we just welcome you here now, even as you already are. Thank you for speaking to us now. Speak through your servant, uh, your son, our brother and friend, our pastor Ben. Bless him and release, Lord, your word through him today into our hearts, Lord, with gladness and joy. We welcome that word and receive it today now. Lord, confirm your word. Confirm your word. Confirm your word in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. Can you join me in welcoming Pastor Ben Clark? All right. So let's dive in quick here. Jesus, we thank you so much for this time together. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this church, this body. God, we thank you that, uh, thank you that we uh, get to minister unto you. Lord, we get to see you work and move, and we get to be a part of it. Thank you, Jesus. Pray your blessing on this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. In Matthew uh, chapter 8, today we're going to be talking about Jesus' authority to heal. <clears throat> Jesus' authority to heal from uh, Matthew 8, 14 through 17. When Jesus came to the, Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. He touched her hand and, and the fever left her. She got, got up and began to wait on him. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and bore our diseases. Um, just if you read this same, uh, same story in Mark, Mark 1 and Luke 4, it, it kind of gives us a little more chronologically what, what happened uh, in, in the process here. Um, Right prior to this, he was uh, preaching in the synagogue. And as he was preaching in the synagogue, or teaching in the synagogue, uh, a demon-possessed man stood up, and he cast the devil out of him. And um, so Jesus leaves from the synagogue. He leaves church after that intense encounter, goes to Peter, Peter's house. Peter's mother-in-law is there uh, and is sick. Uh, I can just imagine he's, he's poured his life out. He's, I mean, when, whenever you're facing and dealing with the demonic, and, and it's exhausting. Something going on, he, he's, he gets to Peter's house. And, and once you know, it's, it says he heals Peter, Peter's mother-in-law. Heals, heals her, and her response is to begin to wait on Jesus and the rest. When healing happens... Our response is service. When healing happens, our response is ministering unto the Lord. When, it, when healing comes, when healing takes place, it's I can't help but give it back to Jesus. I can't help but serve him. I can't help but that, that's part of the awesomeness of healing, awesomeness of what, what goes on when, when healing takes place. It says, it says when evening came, let's look back at verse 6, and when evening came, it says when evening came, I'm just picturing in the timeline of things. He's in a, in a church service, sees uh, this demonic, he has this demonic encounter. He casts him out, tells him to shut up, casts him out, 
And it says, when evening came. means everybody else went home from the synagogue and said, wait, I know somebody who's sick. I know somebody who's struggling. I know somebody who's... And in their culture, they couldn't be just walking around doing things on the Sabbath, so they waited till evening. In the evening, they brought... I, I know where he is. He's over, at, he's over at Peter's house. Let's go. So they go, they go to Peter's house. Whew. This is the fill with the prop, what was fulfilled, spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and more our diseases. We'll get more into that a little bit later. But where did Jesus get this authority? Where did he get it? I'm just going to focus on two things. I think there was lots of stuff. I think there was, it was just part of who he was. Part of his nature and his character and the things. He was the son of God. But I want to focus on two things that we, in our day and age, and how we can uh, look from him and to him, his prayer life. You look at the prayer life of Jesus. I'm going to break down one scripture here. But Jesus, often, he often, I think it doesn't say he four times a day, five times a day, several times a day, whatever. It says just as often. I think if, we, if he put a, a value on it and gave it a value, we would put it into, like, we'd make it very sacrilegious. We'd make it very, uh, we, we'd, we'd make it a rule out of it. But it says Jesus often, often would withdraw. You look at the life and the ministry of Jesus and how Jesus was, there was awesome things going on around him. There was healing. There was deliverance. There was, there was uh, blind eyes being opened. There was de- uh, mute people speaking. There was deaf ears open. There was dead raised. There was amazing things going on. But even in the midst of that, even in the midst of crowds coming to him, he would, he would withdraw. He'd go get away. Go get away. Be al- often withdrew. To the lonely place, the wilderness. It was a place where you read through scripture, you, you, it, it, the wilderness was a place where God came and, and changed the attitudes and the uh, really the, the longings of our heart. It was a place where our hunger was changed. To pray. He went, he went and got alone. His prayer life, it, his prayer life wasn't just a public thing wasn't just uh, up front. I'm, I'm, he withdrew, withdrew. He went away to go pray. He went away to go get with his father. He, went, he got away often. I was talking with our youth ministry this weekend. Our, the, the, the weekend retreat, the purpose of the retreat was just to get away and hear from the Lord. Hang out with each other, have fun together, but it's really about relationship with the Lord. And how often we be in a, in a, a whole weekend and we don't withdraw at all because we, we have this mindset mentality in this culture that I can't miss out on what's going on. I can't miss out on friends and family. and ugh, Call it FOMO, fear of missing out. Jesus would often withdraw to go pray. It's Luke 5, 16. Jesus' prayer life. Let's just talk about it a little bit here. John chapter 11 uh, you guys know the story of Lazarus. John chapter 11, it says uh, he, he comes to Lazarus. His friend Lazarus died. He's dead for four days. Jesus comes to the place where he laid him. They roll the stone away. Uh, 
Martha, this, uh, in, this is John chapter 11, verse 38. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb in the cave where the stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But the Lord, Lord said, Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is bad odor. He's been dead for four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I thank you that you've heard me. Which means he was already praying about it. You've already heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you have sent me. The only reason I'm praying out loud in front of everybody is so they can hear that I've already been praying about this, and they can see and attribute this awesome miracle that's about to take place to my relationship with you and uh, the authority in prayer. I've already been praying about this. This is not just something I'm like in the moment. I'm going to watch me raise the dead. I, and I, the only reason he prayed out loud was so that people knew it was God moving. Matthew, uh, we just read about it a couple weeks ago, Matthew 6. Six, verse 5, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. They love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, that they receive their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door. And pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans. Uh, you read the, the, the prayers of Jesus, the public prayers of Jesus. They were pretty straightforward and to the point, weren't they? That it came from, going back to that, that Luke passage, that came from often withdrawing to go spend time with his Father. He often withdrew to go get alone. I think a lot of times, you know, as I was thinking about and praying about, and how do, I, how do you present, like people got whole year-long seminars on healing. They have whole conferences on healing. How do you boil down healing into, and the more I read it and studied it and thought about it, and like, how, where do you even go? I mean, there's so many examples of healing and so many things of healing and so many Healing is awesome, and you got people that have this pray this way and do this, and it gets kind of formulaic. And uh, everywhere I read in the scripture, there was never a, a like a list of when your prayers aren't answered, this is what you do. I thought maybe we're not actually meant to have unanswered prayers. You look at some, some examples of uh, the opposite of Jesus' prayer life, uh, some negative things, Second Chronicles 7.14, if my people called by my name will humble themselves, pray and seek my face, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, heal their land. If, then, if, you've got to do some things in order for your prayers to be answered and heard. Uh, you look at Amos, Amos, Amos uh, chapter 5, verse 21 and 23. It says, I don't even want to hear your voice right now. I don't want to hear your songs right now. It's kind of annoying me. M Malachi 
chapter 1, it says you don't reverence me. You don't reverence me when you come into my presence. You, I'm just another thing. Isaiah 58, you fast, but you're not, not taking care of the poor, the, the poor and the hungry. I'm not interested in it. James chapter 1, you, you pray, but you doubt. You're like wishy-washing your thinking. I'm not going to answer that. First uh, Peter 3, <laughs> talking, talking to husbands. Show your wife respect. You think I'm going to listen to your prayers if you don't show your wife respect? Really? Matthew 5, 23, we just read about this recently. You got something against your brother or sister? Leave your thing at the altar. Jesus is about forgiveness. He's about getting things right with one another. Then you can have things right with him and vice versa. You get things right with him, you can't help but get things right with one another. Does that make sense? There's things, yeah. I'm trying to go fast here. In the, in the, this is uh, Hebrews Chapter 5, verse 7. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. He was heard because of his reverence. That was Jesus. You can't just... Walk into the presence of God. Woo-hoo, give me what I want. It's not how it works. There's got to be a reverence. There's got to be a humility. There's got to be a... Uh, it's making sense? I'm trying to move fast. I'm skipping through a bunch of stuff here. So, Jesus' attitude. It goes in that same passage in Matthew, our, our original text, Matthew chapter 8. It goes from... The attitude, uh, the, the, him healing many, casting out demons, doing crazy stuff, brings it right back to the suffering servant in, I, in Isaiah. Surely he bore our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet he, we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, he, he, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. By his wounds, we are healed. Brings us back. You read uh, Isaiah 53. talks about the suffering and the, and the suffering servant and the, the attitude of Jesus. Our attitude should be the same as Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 2. Who, being the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself a servant. It's all about serving. It's amazing. Peter's mother-in-law, God comes and heals her. Jesus comes and heals her, and her, her response is serving. When it comes to healing, healing's got to come out of an attitude and a heart to serve one another, a, a heart and an attitude of, I want what's best for you. I want what's, uh, you know, uh, Peter's mother-in-law, was she walking and everything God had, had for her up until that point? She was in bed, sick. Healing took place so that she could be part of the bigger family and part of a bigger picture and part of something God was doing. God wants us healed. He wants us set free. He wants deliverance. He wants so that we can, in response, bring glory and honor to him and bring others to him. Look what they did in the passage. They brought others. 
They saw God do something amazing. Wow, healing happened. Healing took place. You look at revival and things that have happened through history where people got healed, and, and it's amazing the people that will flock there. Amazing people who will bring others. Man, God is moving. God's doing something. Let's go. Let's go tear the roof off this place and get you to Jesus. Oop. I think that's all I had for my PowerPoint. We, we look at, so re- really just, just two things, his prayer life and his attitude. Prayer life and his attitude, that, that's the two things we wanted to, to highlight this morning, and we want to pray. The youth group's been away all weekend. We've been praying, seeking the Lord, trying to hear him, trying to hear what he has for us this year. We withdrew to go be with Jesus, and now we want to pray for people. James chapter 5, if anyone among you is sick, let him call the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. The Lord will raise him up. This is just kind of an added thing. And as I've been talking and thinking about healing and thinking about what healing is and what Jesus said about healing, it says, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. More than once, Jesus, even in the midst of healing, when the disciples go out and heal and seeing amazing things, Jesus come, they come back to Jesus and says, uh, it's really something about something more than that. Yes, it's about healing our physical body. Yes, it's about God doesn't want infirmity. Yes, he took, bore our sin, bore our infirmity, bore our sickness and disease. But, but it's really, it's ultimately about sin. He wants to take sin. He wants to take brokenness. Why is pain in this world? Sin. Let me just look over the notes here, make sure I didn't forget any major things here. Uh, We talk about, you know, Jesus' authority to heal, authority to be a, a servanthood in this serving. You look at what Jesus said in, in, in John John 13, the, the foot washing. He says he knew where he came from. He knew where he was going. He knew all authority had been given to him. He knew where he came from, knew where he was going. He knew the, he had the authority. So he stood up, took the towel from around his waist, and began to wash his disciples' feet. Authority. He has the authority to heal. He has the authority. Talk about Matthew 28, 18. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. He has the authority. But what does that look like? What does that authority look like in the life of Jesus? Jesus, we come to you this morning. We know that you are the healer. You're the one that heals. You're the one that wants to bring deliverance. You're the one that wants to heal us and set us free, God. You're the one that wants to, uh, it's your heart to take our sin upon yourself.
Jesus, we want, as a, as a congregation, to see you move and work this morning, to see healing come this morning, to see deliverance come this morning. God, we want to see healing in very tangible, real ways, God. We want to see healing of, of limbs and body parts, God. We want to see healing of, of uh, emotional hurt that's been there for years, God. We want to pray healing into uh, whatever the situation and circumstance, healing into relationships, God, we want to see healing take place. But God, not, not that it would bring glory and honor to Bethel Christian Fellowship, not that it would bring glory and honor to us as individuals, not that it would bring glory and honor to, woohoo, aren't we so cool? But God, it would bring glory and honor to you, God. It would bring a, an attitude and a heart of, of, wow, praise and awe. Jesus, for each one of us in here, Lord, that you would teach us, even in the coming weeks, that you would teach us how to withdraw to go be alone with you. Teach us how to withdraw often. In the spare moments, God, we want to just spend time with you, be with you, be alone with you, get away, hear your voice, hear what you're saying. Jesus, pray you would come and make yourself known this morning. In Jesus' name. Before we go on, I'm wondering if, if you as a congregation would stretch your hands to these youth. Let us raise our hand to pray for our youth. And bring your hand forth to our youth. You are going to pray for them. God, our Father, we are blessed in this house to have our children and our youth. And we are praying for them this morning in Jesus' name. We are praying for them this morning in Jesus' name. We trust in you, Lord, our Father, that your power, your mercy, your glory will be upon our children, will be upon our youth, Jesus. Send your Holy Spirit upon them. Send your Holy Spirit upon them. Send your Holy Spirit upon them. So we can see your miracles hand upon them. In Jesus' name, protect them and cover them with your blood, Jesus. We trust in you, Jesus. Your blood have the power. Your blood can heal. Your blood can save. Your blood can protect. And for that, we put them into your hands, God. Thanks because you are our Lord. You are our guide and our protector. Protect our children. Protect our youth. Guard them. Lead them. Cover them with your blood day and night. Now and forever. In Jesus' name. feel like they got healing? Anybody? Yeah, amen. Jesus is the healer. He wants to heal. It's part of his nature and his character. But he also wants to flow through you in healing. That comes through prayer and it comes through attitude. Amen? 
Jesus, we thank you for this church. Thank you for this congregation. Thank you that we get to be an extension and expression of your healing grace, God. Thank you that, that you use us to bring healing. You use us, God, to, to, to minister healing, God. Thank you for, for those of us that have been healed and are healed and walk in healing, God, that we, we uh, in turn, would give that to you and serve you and honor you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. And Go in his grace.